the Stalking Spurs, the Spurs podcast that isn't just about football. On this podcast, we do talk about football, and we will talk about football. We're going to talk about, on this episode, uh, the past few games, which have been not great, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so we will, we're going to talk about the three losses and the one draw. One draw being, I guess, the highlight here, <laughs> is it? <laughs> we're grasping for straws. We, we, we Yeah. Yes, straw grasping on Stalking Spurs this week. And after we get that out of the way, we're gonna talk about some awesome content, off-pitch stuff that happens that's gonna be so much more fun to talk about. How are you guys? Hi, Patty. Hi, Toby. Hi. Hello, yeah. How are you guys Grand. doing after this run of games? Honestly. How's everyone feeling? Uh, just so everyone knows, you're supposed to record like two days from now after these four games, take a bit of a rest to take things in. But I woke up this morning devastated that I was like, we got to do it now. So I'm bad. (laughs) We got to process these feelings. We have to come together and talk about, (laughs) talk about what we are going through. I needed some kumbaya mastering. So yeah, (laughs) Toby, I'm sure there's a way we can spin this. Let's see. (laughs) Okay. So here's what we're talking about in this episode. So we're going to talk about uh, our exits from the FA Cup and the Champions League. And we're going to talk about, I guess, the most recent two games in the Premier League. First one, the FA Cup game against Norwich, an away game which ended 1-1 and went on to extra time. And then still 1-1 at extra time, we eventually went to penalties. Damn. And that didn't pan out. Oh, but is that the only thing that happened? (laughs) Well, we can get into that later. (laughs) Actually, even after the penalties, there's more stuff to talk about. <laughs> Thanks to Eric Dyer. It was a strange game. It was. Yeah. How, how did you guys find it? It was, yeah, it was really disappointing. I mean, it's it, it seemed like there had crept up a, a, an issue which we've dealt with before is waiting until like the last 20 minutes of the game to actually start playing the football we're capable of. So that was really frustrating to see after a good early goal from Jan. Um, yeah, it started out in such an optimistic, hopeful, energetic manner. So they, they published the squad that was starting, and then we saw that Jan was captain. So we're like, yes, Captain Jan. I hope we see Super Jan. And 13 minutes later, we do see Super Jan. Yeah, he had a great awesome game. Goal. Some really good highlights. I think uh, Oliver Skip was especially good. His contributions defensively in the midfield. I mean, he's a brilliant open field tackler. I think he reads the play really well. He's fast. Yeah, he's, he's confident. So I think he's an excellent asset. But, but the fact that we score and then basically for the next hour sit back and let Norwich attack us just was really a bit embarrassing. But it was, uh, it was a tough loss. But, I mean, the penalties, were, I think, were a bit unfortunate as well because, and people, if you, as soon as you say this, if you were to say this on, like, the, the Koi's Reddit, it's like people tell you just to let it go. But the fact that Cruel is off his line for every one of the penalties he saves, I mean, it just, it, it makes it even a, a bit more bitter when, of course, we should have won it in regular time. But, I mean, and Gedson had a bad penalty. Lamella missed his penalty without a save. So that's, that's all on us. There's no real excuses. But it's a pity they don't enforce the rules about goalies staying on their line for penalty shootout. And even that we started out strong. Because yeah. the first person who took penalty was Dyer, and he put it away. It was simple, effective, and we wanted to see more of that. Then the first Norwich dude took a penalty. Vorm saves it. Yeah. Amazing. Clean. Not go- No threat at all. Yeah. Puts it away. And then downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think the the heartbreaking thing was seeing how no one wants a miss, right? But I think everyone kind of going for Gedson and going for Troy. Guys, like, yeah, people miss. Obviously, we wish they'd have made it, but I, I really felt bad for how horribly the fans, supposedly, were, like, really attacking the players that missed. And, yeah. and like, I, I love the, I guess there were some photos you could see of, like, Eric Dyer, like, giving Gedson a hug, and Jan comforting Troy, and, like, guys, it's okay, hang in there, but it was brutal. It was brutal. It, it was, yeah. I think, I think the fans may have been a little too brutal, especially on Troy and Gedson. I, I feel like maybe Lamella being more senior and just completely missing the goal deserves mm-hmm. some criticism. Because we expected so much more from him. But Troy, this is the first time so many of us are seeing him, right? 
I think there's a tweet or some news article before the game that came out saying that Spurs fans didn't even know what Troy Parrott looked like. So this is literally the first time he was out there and people can recognize him. He It's like a high-pressure environment. He takes for his first penalty ever for the, for the I guess, the, the senior team. And he he doesn't convert it. And it's, it's fine. First time ever, first year debut, whatever. Don't worry about it. Um, even Gedson also fairly junior, fairly new. It, it, it's fine. It was a terrible take, but you have to fail at some point. So, yeah. yeah. And it's not like better now than in like a Champions League final, right? And I'm not even like putting it on Lamella, but I didn't even see any hate on Lamella, which is funny because like is he just such a non-entity for some people that they're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, so people are just pouncing on the the youngest, most yeah. vulnerable kids, Strange. right? Guys, chill out. Yeah, I mean, when it seems a lot of the fans say, oh, why aren't we playing Parrot more? Like he's the only striker we have; he should be playing. And maybe the coaching staff is like, well, he's probably not ready. He's not fully experienced. We shouldn't bring him along too quickly. And then he does come on and makes an, a, a mistake as a result of inexperience. And then the fans jump all over him. So it's like, it's asking quite a lot, quite a lot of him. But I guess on the other side of things, from a fan point of view, I think everyone during the penalties was already incredibly stressed out and incredibly unhappy with the performance. Rewinding a bit, Toby, earlier you said that there was like a 20-minute duration toward like later in the second half where we actually started to play better and try to attack more. And it's a shame because we'd spent like an hour not really doing anything. Yeah. Like really hanging back and not being aggressive enough. So I guess the fans had already endured that frustration and it, we went on to penalties and everything just kind of blew up. Um, when we were watching the game, during that like one-hour stretch where we weren't really doing anything, we were talking about the contrast between Mourinho's style and Poch's style. Interesting. Tell me more. I think the general feeling was that we weren't used to seeing Spurs players kind of hang back and not like, have the fire to keep trying and keep scoring. It was kind of chill and sedate. We had scored one goal, and then suddenly we were like, were we happy with that? Is that the strategy? Score once and then just hang back? Um, and we just, I guess, recalled Mauricio's strategy where it's, like, keep fighting, leave it all on the pitch, keep going, keep going. You score once, keep on trying. You might fail, but at least, like, at least from a fan perspective, we feel reassured that, oh my gosh, I can see that these players are still fighting and they still really want this. And I think that's what was missing. So we were talking about that, and then we saw a tweet from Ollie, another super, a young super fan, kind of echoing the sentiment and saying the same thing, that, oh, you know what, I think we miss Poch. Yeah, I mean, after the game, Mourinho offered a lot of, I guess, explanations, and some people would say excuses. But, I mean, they are valid that they've people have had a ton of game. Winks started 11 games on the trot and just just saying basically that people were knackered. And that's absolutely understandable. But it's just tricky when you see in the game that it seems like the strategy is willing to sit on a one-goal lead. And I don't think that really makes sense against any side in the Premier League because teams just know how to play. I mean, there's a lot of good attacking sides now. And a one-goal advantage is just never enough. But, yeah, as... I, I don't really understand why, if we've got good players on the pitch, you don't enable them to go and build the lead and build the advantage. And if you're already a goal up, especially after an early goal, keep attacking. Keep, like, maybe even increase your attack. And if you happen to give something up on a counterattack because you're a little bit over-aggressive, then, then so be it. Because you end up in the same place by letting them attack for an hour and eventually form makes a mistake. So it's... It just seems way too conservative a strategy when we have good attacking people, when we've got the speed of Bergvine and Mora and uh, Lo Celso. Yeah, it's just, I don't know how we can sit back so much. I would be the last person to defend Mourinho, but given that this game happened before, Norwich happened before our second game versus RB Leipzig, Leipzig, could it be that, like he said, they were knackered? Again, excuse, explanation, whatever. That he was trying to conserve energy for the big Champions League game. Not that... And then I think I saw a tweet somewhere wherein they were, he was saying that he had spoken to Levy and he was saying it's either we focus on this or that. So this is his... Was that possibly him pulling back so that he could at least pretend to like save people for 
Champions League? I don't know. Is it a valid excuse? I don't know, but yeah, it, it's another theory. I think it, it makes sense, but then after, what, the five games, if we have prioritized, I mean, it looks like we've lost on all three fronts. You know, it's like if, if we did prioritize, we're now out of Champions League, we're now out of FA Cup, and we've lost and drawn in the Premier League. So, it do, I mean, it's unlucky, super unlucky that Bergvine is now injured as well. And, yeah, it's it must be absolutely horrendous to have to piece together a squad with how many injuries we have so it's definitely not Mourinho's fault but yeah I, don't, I just don't know what they'll be able to do going forward I guess before we move on to the Champions League our exit from there as well I guess we're just going in line with Brexit you know like leaving everything we wanted to be part of um, <laughs> yeah. I said you posted an injury list here um, and I guess it's not even the, you said that it's not even the most updated version. Do you want to get into that quickly? Ah, uh, yes. So, uh, this tweet came out during, this must have been the, the Bernie game. So, Last Word on Spurs tweeted a list of all of the players from our side who have been injured or are <laughs> injured this season. And it's, it looks like everyone. It's the squad. They're like, what, 20 people on this list. That's literally the squad. That's a really big hit. It includes key peeps, of course, like Harry and Hugo and Son. Yeah, so this is wild. I think no team can withstand this much of a hit. The fact that this is our only team, it's not like we have a deep bench and everybody has been injured at least once or is currently injured. It's not... I'm surprised we even made it... We walked into the Champions League without, like, injuring yeah, anyone. Yeah, we had 11 people ready <laughs> to go for that. I think the only person who isn't on this list is Skippy. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. on wood. He's the, it's the only one. <laughs> don't, don't join them, Skippy. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> keep it in, keep it in. But yeah, we, we need to make sure it protects Skippy. Yeah, I mean, looking at that, it's like, you'd almost say, particularly... The home leg against Leipzig is not a bad result. We didn't allow a goal from open play against him. I mean, Timo Werner missed a, a few goals he should have scored, but considering how weakened we've been by injury, that's not a bad result considering we lost whatever horrendous score it was against Bayern Munich, and Leipzig can get a goalless draw against Bayern Munich. So, I mean, that shows a good deal of effort if you can go. And even the game last night, I mean, they were all over us, but... Uh, yeah, it could have been worse, I think, so. <laughs> it could have been it worse. It could have been worse. Oh, yeah. I, I, was th- I was thinking that when we were two down. I thought, okay, that's not a bad result. And I remember thinking, <laughs> okay, they just can't score another because if they score one more, then it's it's clearly a bad result. Yeah. I, can't, I can't take any comfort in that. So, and they did score a third, so I, I don't quite agree with that. I feel like it's it's clearly... Yeah objectively a very bad result yeah and i you're i yeah you're right and <laughs> no, don't let me bring you down no no you're no the, i mean you're the kumbaya master like i think we were all feeling like just a goal would have made it felt a little bit better but it's i think we looked like we have in a couple of the past few games just look an absolute mystery going forward and i it looks like they're really struggling to figure out how they play together the Le, Chelsea and uh and Delhi and, and Mora just, it, they look pretty incoherent as an attack, I would say. Yeah, so I'm not sure where a goal would have come from. But uh, there was some good defending last night as well. I think Tanganga was a highlight. He had a, a couple Tanganga, of, the human shield. Yes, that one of my, probably my favorite play of the game. But yeah, some great defending, some great positioning. He had a great tackle in the midfield that started an attack, so... And I think Toby did well as well. I think they were talking before the game about Aurier's weakness in, in picking up the runners behind him on the wing. And I think that was, again, an issue yesterday. He, he ran up to get a header to clear the ball, didn't he? And he just ended up heading it backwards yes. straight into Angelino's path. And they came up with a goal from that. So, yeah, I think he's still uh, a weakness on defense, even though he can contribute well, like he scored against Wolves. But uh, as a as a right back, as a defender, he just seems to be too much of a liability, I think. Yikes. I guess this 
losing to Leipzig last night kind of made me go back to what the media narrative was coming into this last 16, wherein the media was like, oh, Spurs have it so easy with Leipzig. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Shut the fuck yeah. up. And, and well, here <laughs> we are. I think what was heartbreaking for me was seeing the posts from, from Delhi, from Mora, and just how heartbroken they are. But I woke up at seven just to like, I thought I would wake up at six. No, I didn't. Uh, and and it was just so sad. It's so heavy, I guess, to not be able to replicate some of that magic, at least like skirt through to the next round. I don't know. Yes, I was looking at the the posts from Delhi and Lucas, and in a way, to me, they felt sadder and more heartbroken than the posts that followed the Champions League final last year. There was still some like pride, or just there was. St- it was sad, but there was still some. Oh damn, we made it to the Champions League final, bitches! No one else can claim that except for us in Liverpool. <laughs> But now, to go out this early, uh, yeah, it's just, it's so much more painful. I'll be surprised if a German side doesn't win it. I think, I mean, Bayern Munich looks fantastic. Yeah, Leipzig or, or Dortmund even. So, yeah, let's see how it goes tonight. But I think it'll probably be a German side. They just look so good. Yeah, I hope it's Leipzig. So we can always point to, yeah, you know, we lost to them, but they ended up winning. So they're clearly the best team in Europe. Go Leipzig, I guess. <laughs> Go Leipzig. Yeah. No, I guess stalking Leipzig. Stalking Leipzig, guys. Welcome to the rebrand of this new podcast. <laughs> no, but I guess what I wanted to focus on now is given our exits from Champions League and our exit from the FA Cup, we're now back and folk be are able to focus on the Premier League. Not much to say about our defeat to Wolves and our draw with Burnley. But do you think now that we are technically sole focus on the Premier League, where does this place us as we try to move up the table? We're currently in eighth. Uh, Yeah, eighth. Just a point ahead of Arsenal. (laughs) Yeah, this has been a a journey. I think at the start of the season, I was like, yeah, we're going to win the Premier League. As the season went on, it's like, okay, let's aim for top four. At this point, I've settled for let's just finish above Arsenal and beat them in the London Derby. <laughs> if we can yeah. get that, then this season isn't all bad. I think what we need from Mourinho now is just some really clear goals. Like, I don't think it helps. Maybe he thinks he's protecting the players by giving excuses, but, I mean, that's not something you can rally around, is it? Like, yeah, the manager says we're tired, and we are tired. Like, you don't cheer to that. It's like, <laughs> we need to set new clear goals... And and he has to and Mourinho has to start leading. I mean, there's he's got to do something, and and it can't just be like, oh, we'll just have to wait until we can spend more money. Like if he want, if he is a world class manager, he should be able to lead, and particularly be able to lead when when you're in in uh, rough seas, you know. Gauntlet's been thrown by the Kumbaya master. No, I I was wondering though, because I I do notice in all the Jose Mourinho like interviews after games that we lose, obviously. He's always like, the players left it all on the field. When sometimes I'm like, did they? Like, it's very, like, conciliatory and very, like, oh, I care about them as people, which is great. A great, like, you know, outward, I guess, expression. I wonder if this is the same inward. Like, to the team, is he really like this? It's like, it's all right, guys. We'll get them next time. I don't know. I can't imagine it being true. I think that's why some people are a bit confused about his criticism of Ndombele as well. Like that, it feels like that came a little bit out of nowhere. But in retrospect, it makes sense because I, I mean, I'm sure many of us are wondering why he hasn't featured more as a starter. Like, is it was it injury or it's some sort of fitness issue or or that? Like, maybe he hasn't been contributing as much as we should expect for whatever the sixty million that we paid to acquire him. Like. But I think Mourinho has an opportunity to find to find some new goals. Like as as Asa just said, just make it finish ahead of Arsenal. Yeah. Honestly, that's a great goal. <laughs> yeah, to something that the fans and the team can rally yes. around and just get a little bit of cohesion, so that this season's not just a total write off. Get some of that confidence back too, and I know that it, it's such a strange way to get it back, but derbies do drive a lot of energy, especially against Arsenal. So. That should be an interesting one to to see. I mean, we're 
where do we go from here, guys? We have coming up next. Well, now we have two games coming up next. <laughs> Man U at home on the 16th and West Ham on the 21st also at home. So two home games, guys. Uh, that's that's a relief. At least they're both at home. We're not traveling great distances. If we are really mega tired, at least it eliminates expending even more energy just trying to get to wherever a game is played elsewhere. How do you think we'll fare against these two? Or are you guys not worried as long as we beat Arsenal? <laughs> <laughs> I think we can beat ben- Menu. I think. I mean, they did beat Man City last weekend so they they obviously know how to get results but let's see i think i mean i think our defense can keep up with martial and and greenwood and and their players so if we can figure out a way to score i think we'll be okay where we're left is in this tricky position of as and i were talking last night like if the solution to solving these problems is over the uh, over the summer to spend a bunch more money would we have been happy to spend that money with Pochettino? Like, I think a lot of the, the question at the time was if if we just need a big investment in the team, like, who do you really, which manager would you like to have in charge to make those decisions? And personally, I wish it was Pochettino that they would give a £150 million war chest to. I, I don't have an immense more confidence in Mourinho spending that money than I would have with Poch. And I think Poch may be you know, enacted and inspired the spirit of the team a bit better than Mourinho is. So I think we're in a really difficult position now that if they do give Mourinho a bunch of money and it still doesn't pan out, then it feels like we've taken three steps back. Because the whole point of losing Pochettino was to arrest the slide, to stop, kind of to stop the bleeding. And I mean, we see where we are now. We're, We're nowhere. I mean... Damn. No, we're better than we were otherwise. So, I mean, if we're struggling, then maybe it would have been easier to struggle with Poch or... Oh, man, this is breaking my heart. But come by a master. Do you see <laughs> a light at the end of this tunnel? I do with the players. I guess with Mourinho, it's just hard to tell, isn't it? Because he, he tried his damnedest at, at Man U and he had the money and it just didn't pan out. So, I mean, we are definitely... There's a non-zero chance of that happening with him at Spurs as well, that it just doesn't quite click. He gets some money, but things just don't pan out. So I don't know. It's it's really tricky. So you, Patty, had discussion with fellow fan Soren about this light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And just how long this tunnel it's is. A, it's a quite a long tunnel. So I, I, I've been trying to get Soren to guest on the show, but he's got a baby, so... I don't know if it's easy for him to record, but he's also shy, quote-unquote. So instead, I, I, I messaged him this morning talking about Champions League, and he basically, to sum up what he said, and I, I'd like your thoughts on this as well, Toby, we had, we're down four players who are you know, key players with injuries. He's saying that maybe we may not make it to Europe next year, but that it may not be a bad thing because then we get to focus on the rebuild. And he set an example with Liverpool, Klopp's first year at Liverpool, not that we are equating Klopp to Mourinho, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Klopp's first year, Liverpool finished 8th, uh, they didn't make it to Europe, and years after that is when, season after season is when they acquired and built the team that they are today. We're practically in stage 1 of that, so I hope it's not a... Stage 0, I guess, <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, so I guess we have a long way to go in this rebuild and this tunnel but i mean he was he was being realistic i guess and it wasn't very comforting to me in the short term but i guess see you guys at season 22 of stalking spurs when we win the championship <laughs> last thoughts guys yeah i mean i think Surin's dead right and i think probably the thing we want to avoid is i don't think we want to sneak into sixth place or or if Man City is still banned from Europe, whatever position Europa would be, because I don't think it's really where we want to compete at the moment. And I think focusing on Premier League next year and domestic trophies is absolutely probably the best way to go. So yeah, it'll take it'll take time. Yeah, that's the question: is is Mourinho as good as Klopp, or that's what we'll have to wait and see. I think the other difficult thing is if you had to guess who has more trophies in their future, Pochettino or Mourinho. I, I, I know which way I feel about that. Like, if I'm going to be absolutely kicking myself if he comes back to the Premier League with another, like, team on the rise, like, 
it's just going to be infuriating. That would crush it'll me. be it'll be a real pity seeing him leading another team in the Premier League. You think that'll happen? So let's see. I think I think he says he wants to come back to the Premier League. People talk about him going to Man U, but uh, Solskjaer seems to be doing all right at the moment. So I don't know if they ditch him quite yet, but it's tricky. Tricky, tricky. I mean, but the pl- the players, I have utmost confidence in. I think we have a lot of talent on the team, a lot of young talent. I think we have plenty of great players to build the team around. I think Lochelso, as everybody has seen, has been absolutely exceptional. Like, what what an amazing player! Like, skillful, exciting to watch. Fights really hard for every ball. So, we've got really good bones on the team, but we just need to we need somebody to be able to right the ship. I guess we'll have to uh, wait and see in our next couple of games uh, how that will turn out. One of the things we said during the last game was that now that we're not in the running for any trophy at all, (laughs) then it it seems like a great opportunity to give the younger guys, the super fresh talent, loads of playing time. Like If Premier League is a lost cause, then keep starting Parrot until he becomes a finished product. Because there's, I think there's a comment from... Mourinho a few days ago saying that Troy is our only striker but he's not yet a finished product so let's use this opportunity and turn him into one like keep starting Gedson keep starting this the guy who debuted last night Malachi Walcott Mm. who just turned 18 give everyone minutes give everyone experience yeah I think that's one thing Mourinho could do to in order to just give players a kind of focus and an opportunity to rebuild is you could just say the results don't matter anymore like we can't i don't think we can mathematically be relegated so just use different combinations of players tell them just find ways to get goals or just be creative have fun like get to know each other on the pitch and i mean and just kind of liberate them from the responsibility of oh no the form is terrible i mean it doesn't matter anymore we're out of the competitions we just have to find a way for the, the young guys to come along, like Troy Parrott and this, this other defender, and for people to start to click together and find new chemistry. So, yeah, that, that could be one option. And I think that's a great note to end on. I guess thanks, Master Toby, for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of kumbaya on this this week, but, I mean, I'm always positive in the long run, but it's, it's going to take a bit of time to turn the ship around. We will keep on hoping. I mean, kois, kois, kois. Kois, kois, kois. Thanks, guys. Kois, kois. And we're back. We're back with, I guess, a bit more pep in our step. We've gotten the negative vibes out of the way, and now we uh, scooch on over to our favorite part of the episode, our social media roundup. This week, we have a grab bag of crazy content. I'm telling you. The correlation between our performance and the social content is insane. I think we need to find a nicer balance of great yeah, content and great <laughs> performance. But you know what? Uh, here's where we are anyway. Uh, we've got a couple interesting entries into our baby of the week slash episode, but I guess let's kick it off. With an amazing find this week. It's it's crazy. The The quality of content is amazing. It's almost like we're not totally melting down on the pitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> so everyone, get in the right frame of mind. Do some jumping jacks. Expend all of the negative energy. And prepare yourselves for this amazing video. The link you will find in our episode description. This amazing video of an interview with Delhi from Otro. So it's entitled Delhi Ali Reveals Spurs and England Group Chat Secrets, which is just as juicy as you think it's going to be. It's like an eight-minute interview where Delhi talks about what it's like in the Koi's group chat and what it's like in the England group chat. So here Delhi talks about how they have a WhatsApp group among the players which is incredibly juicy. I have so many questions. Who is part of it? How do you get invited? Does anyone have screen caps that they want to share? I think this is nuts. And like the, the tidbits that, that spoke to me were the fact that he said that Jan was smelly. I don't believe this. I cannot. <laughs> Jan looks like he smells great, Deli. But you know what? How can I deny it? Why would he make this up? I don't know. That really got to me, but... I'm super interested with, like, again, they, they talked about his emoji usage, I think. Yeah, so in, like, every group chat, there's always someone who who is very generous with, to the point of abuses, the use of emojis. 
and the interviewer asks Delhi who it is at Spurs, and Delhi says it's him. <laughs> I, I like the fact that he said that, you know, how when he asks a question, no one replies, or when someone asks a question and no one replies, and then he has to message them personally for them to reply on the chat. Like, it's so typical, but also, oh, Spurs, they're just like us. They are. They're, they're always peeps on the group chat. Like 90% of peeps in a group chat will not respond to questions. No, but you're right. I'm wondering, like you were saying, who's in this group chat? Because he mentioned that it's the first team. But what happens when people leave? Is Musa Dembele still in that group? Yes. Does he still see these messages? Or do they? does he opt out? Or is it someone's job to remove someone? Or do they just keep making new groups as the seasons progress? Oh, yeah, because that would be interesting. Is it like a 2019-2020 group chat? Or do you make like a, mm-hmm. okay, guys, I'm out. It was great. Like, we can still chat elsewhere, but I'm no longer in the team. So I leave voluntarily. Because I think that's the most, like, you know, that's the neatest way to do it. Because then you don't have to keep making new group chats. But also, like, it's, it's you know, self 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 quarantine you know you're 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 kind of like self-policing of like oh yeah i'm moving clearly like i I gotta go it seems like we haven't heard from delhi in this capacity in a while it was just nice to hear him dropping all the gossip any other tidbits you found interesting um i think there were things there were questions raised from this because you know with every group-wide chat there's at least one other sub, <laughs> and I would love to know what the subgroups are. <laughs> I, as as racist as this sounds, definitely by nationality, for sure they have one. Oh yeah, there are enough Belgians. There are enough the Argentinians. For Argentinians sure have, for sure. You, you see in videos that they're so clicky and they they tend to stick together. So for sure they have their own group chat. And you know how they asked him if like the manager was in the group chat, and he goes, "No, that would be weird." So I'm like, <laughs> good to know, good to know. Because like, it would break my heart if Poch had to leave the group. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even finish that oh, sentence. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, when I heard that, I was like, okay, for sure they have one without Mourinho. But for sure also, at some point, they had one that included Pochettino. Exactly. Wasn't, didn't he seem, I don't know, just to me as a spectator, it seemed like he, he had more of a friendship-like relationship with players no yeah and i feel like especially like let's say they were planning the trip to madrid for champions league i felt like there was a madrid group chat right like with the larger the gang and everyone i don't know this is just me wishful thinking but we need more of this content otro you're doing god's work the uh, i guess the opposite of this otro video (laughs) would be on the (laughs) other end of awkward from content we want to see more of to content we wish would just go away would never have been made to begin with <laughs> a, a twitter on twitter thank god i think i don't know if they posted anywhere else but on twitter i saw this video and you guys will see it too if you dare to click on this link it's basically toby alderweireld uh, you know they always bring them to schools visit children so that would have been fine except that they made him like i don't even know how to say this number one he went to a school where the kids were older so it's not like these are children you can kind of like, you know, gullible kids who are just happy that there's like a football star. So these kids have minds and I'm wondering if they're cringing themselves as this is happening. Second, Yeah, po- do they recognize how embarrassing this is? Exactly. But second point is, Toby didn't seem embarrassed at all. I was embarrassed for him. I couldn't, like, I was cringing. I was scrubbing myself as I tried to watch this. I couldn't finish the video. What does that say about Toby Alderweireld? Great actor? Yeah, or because just... he's... If you guys don't want, do not have the the heart or the <laughs> stomach to watch the entire video, pretty much it's... It pretty much shows Toby uh, asking trivia questions about himself in the form of poetry. I so, can't. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly cringy. I can't. So, yeah, and he doesn't seem he embarrassed at all. Is he just incredibly professional um, a person that he'll just kind of own this and go with it? Like, oh, it's my job to represent the club, and if the club wants me to do this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to commit. I'm going to give this my own. Well, he definitely committed. Or is he just not aware, maybe, <laughs> of how embarrassing what he's doing is? Asking a group of children trivia questions about yourself? In poetry form. I'm kind of hoping it's the latter. Because like just to save him from himself. But yeah, I was... 
I was just really embarrassed for him. And I feel like this is the type of thing you make someone do who you want to leave the club, not someone you just signed for like more <laughs> years at the club. I don't know. I'm I'm super confused as to the effort it took to produce this and why they did it to begin with. So confused. I am confused about this video. I don't think I ever want to see it again. That's all. Sorry, and I love Toby. Don't get me wrong, I love him, so... Yeah, I, I love him. I wish he didn't have to do this. I think one, like, acid test of whether or not this is really cringy content for me was, okay, if you replaced Toby with someone else, would it still be cringy? Like, what if it were a pop star? What if Nicki Minaj was asked to go into a primary school and read poems about herself, which ask trivia questions about herself, and it's still really cringy. It's like, no, I don't think anyone can, can pull this off. You shouldn't make anyone do something like this. They could have done it about, like, the club or, like, something. Not, like, you to yourself. Like, that's just strange. Yes. Yeah, I wish there had been something else. Like, I think this is for a charity or a non-profit group. And I I, I wish it was just about some something else. Using Toby as the host of the video or the game show host in the video asking questions about something else or just don't put the poetry part like like break it up there can't be two bad things two good bad things don't make a riot i don't know <laughs> yeah there's just too much there's just too much going on but yeah i i never want to see that video again so moving from trivia questions to i guess this is kind of still trivia questions in a way in a way does it count in a way i guess it's a game show format which we can run with so the Spurs Web Twitter account shared a video from Sky Sports this past week, which shows Eric Dyer and Ben Davis attempting a language swap. So it's a video of them shot at the training center. Um, as we know, Ben Davis is Welsh, so he speaks Welsh. And Eric Dyer grew up in Portugal, so he speaks some Portuguese. So it's kind of like a back and forth where one of them gives uh, a sentence in their language and makes the other person guess what that means and they do pretty well so well i'm actually quite it's, surprised it's amazing i'm genuinely surprised should is it insulting to them no. that we're genuinely surprised i mean ben has always been the guy they kind of like allude to us being smart just because he reads like he probably brought a book yeah, he once time. in a while posts a photo <laughs> of a book on instagram stories and, and suddenly he's like <laughs> the smartest guy in the club he's literate yeah. <laughs> but Welsh is tough, so I give, yeah. like, Dyer, like, all the props in the world, but also Portuguese isn't exactly the most straightforward, like, Spanish would be more straightforward, at least to me. So they did surprisingly well. I was hoping it would be funnier in that. I thought it would be a funny video to me because they wouldn't get things right. Instead, I was blown away. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah. Yes, I think it's set up to be a funny video because on the tweet they use like a laughing with tears emoji. So I thought, oh, this is gonna be hilarious. But no, it's wow, you guys are you guys are educated. <laughs> educated. You know You're... what? It needed to be like the, the glasses emoji, like the nerd emoji, because I was nerding yes. out. They were so cool. I guess things that aren't cool, uh still involving Eric Dyer though. Uh after the uh FA Cup game against Norwich, where we, of course, exited the FA Cup. Unfortunately, there was an incident which blew up all over social media. And honestly, it kind of overshadowed the game in that anytime you kind of wanted to look at, you know, FA Cup results, it would just refer to this, which is fine because yeah. we did lose, so <laughs> works for so me. it's fine. This um, can overshadow it. But it's the Eric Dyer incident. Exactly. The Eric Dyer incident wherein, at first, the news was that a fan did a racial slur towards Gedson Fernandez, our player, and so Eric Dyer goes marching into the stands, and you can see him in multiple videos climbing up rows and rows of chairs, like, ready to pounce on this supporter. Um, however, it was clarified in the end that supposedly Eric's brother was in the audience, and I guess he was calling Eric out, so the brother got into a kerfuffle, and then Eric comes to his rescue, and he had to be pulled away physically by guards. And, wow, the social yeah. reaction to this is obviously going to be mixed, but also, like, just aghast. I, I, I'm, once again, blown away by Eric Dyer for a different reason. Mourinho later said about this incident that it's such an understandable thing to do. If anyone was in Dyer's position and you see 
your brother being threatened by someone, you would climb over all of those chairs to defend him, right? I guess we'd all climb over chairs in different ways. <laughs> I don't think I think he did it so efficiently. He's obviously a very fit person. Very if fit. I had to do that, like I, I'd have struggled to get over the first few rows and then the fan would be gone already and then I would have no one to fight. Exactly, because <laughs> I was I was looking at the one of the videos and one of them you can see like of someone from the manager squad trying to run after Eric and like no match. Like he was like struggling and I can't blame him. <laughs> That's a world class athlete. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> Props for Eric for, like, I guess defending his brother's honor, but I wonder if this will have any backlash or if we get fined or he gets, like, I don't know, sanctioned for this because although Mourinho did defend him, he said that as professionals we shouldn't react this way, but yeah. But I think he's been getting quite sympathetic sentiment because everyone seems to agree with what Mourinho said that as a professional, it's not something we can do. But I guess as a brother, as a family member, it's understandable anyone would do that. And I think everyone else has kind of seen or heard that that statement and kind of said, yeah, that's fine. So I, I hope he isn't he doesn't pay have to pay too harshly for it. Yeah, honestly, there's no one left in the team, so if he goes, we're gonna be a ten man squad. <laughs> if he gets a ban, <laughs> then we're we're Mourinho will have to play. So I don't know. I guess <laughs> They can't, for the sake of eligibility. Uh, so yeah, Eric, keep your chin up. We hope everything's okay. And not just Eric, this week, chin up all the women in the world. Woo! It was International Women's Day. This week, to celebrate that, on the on the Spurs official Twitter, there was a video posted saying, celebrating inspirational women on hashtag International Women's Day. And it's a short video that shows key players from both Spurs women and from Spurs dudes talking about the women who inspire them. And it's a touching video. I wish they had zhuzhed up this video a bit more and added some graphics and some picture-in-picture picture of the women they talk about because it's, it's, quite, it's touching, it's quite nice. Uh, noteworthy moments were that both Lameli and Bergvine said that the, in, the most inspirational woman to them was their mom. It's super sweet because it, it, it seems to come so naturally on top of mind. Oh. Oh my god, totally, yes, of course, my mom. Mora is interviewed as well, and he talks about his wife, which is awesome. I think it's interesting. He knows who's boss. Yeah, he knows who's the boss. Mora said his wife, and that just made me laugh. I'm like, Mora's whipped, I love it, I appreciate it, I approve of this. It's interesting to note, Lamella is also married, right? So, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can't contest that. You if can, anyone you names their mom or their wife or their sister or their daughter, you can't. There's no contesting it. That is undeniable. <laughs> you have to agree. Other undeniable things is the cuteness of Poch may be gone, but BB Poch is still with us. So, Maurizio Pochettino, because you know what? Like, let's not get creative with names here. Name him after yourself, but with a Z. Poch's son. <laughs> Maurizio is part of our under under 23s or under 18 squad. He apparently had a goal in one of their games. The the IG story goes um, it's him doing a celebration, kneeling on the pitch and he goes goal dedicated to my old man. Happy birthday dad. Hashtag #48 and like a uh, laughing crying emoji sideways. I don't know why he's laughing crying because he out that his dad is 48. I think this is a known fact. <laughs> And to a child, that's really old. That's really old. It's like, oh my god, dad, you're like do more than double my age. But I think it's sweet. I obviously, as you all know, we miss Poch a lot. Not just as a coach, but as a man. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just sweet that his son would dedicate this to his father on his birthday. I thought it was really, 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 really sweet. Thanks. It was sweet. And it's also a great reminder that, hey, there's a Pochettino on the junior squad the senior squad has been taking players from there so could we one day soon see Maurizio Jr. Pochettino on the bench I hope so playing for Mourinho I mean it would have been great if it was playing for his dad but you know what miracles can happen who knows who knows we miss Poch but happy we to do. happy to see BB Poch right there yeah and I guess a quick Quick reminder of what we've lost. Um, so when Mauricio was our manager, before certain games, there'd be like a piece of branded content called the Mauricio Minute, where for 60 seconds, Poch would talk about his thoughts on the upcoming game. Um, 
and I guess I don't know because it's not alliterative. We don't have. Oh no, it is. A, it can still be alliterative. We don't quite have a Mourinho minute. It takes him more that, than a minute. Check out. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, if you check out our YouTube, the Spurs official YouTube page, there's an entire playlist called simply Jose Mourinho, and it's just all of the videos related to his interviews. I don't know. I'm still not on board. I, I think I'm just scared to like him lest shit hits the fan. I shall reserve judgment still. However, things we are not reserving judgment for our favorite of the favorite segment of the week. Yeah, welcome to the baby of the week section of the podcast. Welcome one, welcome all. We know you come here for this content and wade through all of this just to hear the baby content and we are here for you. Of course, these uh, are our comments are, are best enjoyed with the photos of the babies that we're talking about. So please check out our episode descriptions and you will see links to the cute babies there. This week, we have a whopping six babies in contention for Baby of the Week, starting with Lily Sissoko. So we discovered recently that Sissoks has a really cute daughter. And this past week, he posted a series of Instagram stories of the two of them together, super cute, in like an indoor playground. She's very sweet. She has a cute bow on her head. She's dressed all in pink and she's going down the slide with her dad. Lily Sissoko, you're super cute. So cute. And we want to see more content. Yes. I think this Tell is... your dad to post more content. Yes. This is hopeful, though. I didn't even know Sissoko had a girlfriend. I checked out uh, Mary Lucy DeBay's uh, Instagram page. It is a gold mine. Such a cute baby. I feel like this is going to be Maureen Neary's level of, like, thank you for giving us the content we need. Yes. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't want to hear from you, Musa. So, Sasoko, please continue posting these stories. And get well soon. And get well soon. Always. Always get well soon. Moving on to babies we haven't actually quite seen. Right after we posted the last episode, Harry Kane went on this a blitz of uh, posting photos on his IG stories of his kids. Technically, the backs of their heads. But you know what? will take the backs of their heads they had like a mini day out wherein they went to the mall they went to a toy store they were walking in the streets and then it ended like perfect day and it was like the toys they bought i really do wish we get more of their faces but harry and kate have been very very strict about this to the point wherein kate kane posted for world book day One of the daughters dressed up in a little Red Riding Hood costume and because it's World Book Day, she conveniently had a book covering her face. I wonder if these kids are like, Mom, can I ever show my face? I don't know. That's just me. (laughs) I haven't seen your face in so long. (laughs) But yeah. When can I stop covering my face? Cute nevertheless. (laughs) Uh, I said earlier that there were six babies. There are actually seven. Our next two entries are from the Lurie's family. Um, the first one is Juliana's birthday happy was birthday. recent. So, happy birthday! Her mom, Mama Marine, posted a really sweet, sweet photo of them uh, cuddling up together, enjoying a really nice mother daughter moment. So cute. She's, I, I have a soft spot for second kids, and Juliana seems adorable. So, I love her. She does. And I guess I have a soft spot spot for the youngest and still within the Larisse family and still from Marine Larisse's Instagram is a new photo, an unobstructed photo of baby Leandro's face. It's like a profile. You can see his like meter long eyelashes and he's sucking his thumb. It's a cute photo and it's good to see his whole face. I like it. She's succumbing. She is succumbing to the posts. And I'm happy for that. I guess another happy milestone for BB boy Mura Pedro. Lucas posts a photo of Pedro and himself in their iconic staircase where a lot of their photo shoots happen. And Pedro is just such a cute baby. He just looks so self-satisfied. It's just like maybe milk drunk. I don't know. But it's adorable. And I like that we're seeing him. I like that we're seeing more of him on Lucas's grid as well. Yeah, he looks exactly like a mid-morph of both his parents. You can see Lucas's face in his face. You can see Lucas's wife's face in his face. It's very sweet. 
Speaking of sweet, sweet. oh my god, what a surprise entry. Sweet. This next one is, is crazy. We're completely blindsided by this. There was a fan account, a Sunny fan account, that posted a photo of baby son. Baby son. Actually, we say baby, but he must be, how old is he here? Toddler. He's maybe three, four, yeah. five years old. The cutest cheeks, though. And he looks exactly the same. Looks exactly the same, but just lot more, lots more baby fat. And God, like, can you imagine a little, like, I don't know how early his father started, like, drill sergeant training him for football, but he was so cute. I mean, he's still cute, and we do miss him. So it was nice to get some sunny in our episode. If it's, you know what, if it's part of baby of the week, so be it. <laughs> <laughs> He's a serious contender. This he is a serious an contender. Photo. He's actually our second to the last baby of the week, which means we are now in our baby of the week. I guess we gotta give it to Ayla Alderweireld. <laughs> Ayla had a bunch of content going on this week in the past two weeks, from her pushing her brother's prom. Like I thought that was really cute. Uh, so Jace was in the stroller, and she was there like. The stroller is clearly double her height, but she's there, like, kind of trying to push it along. I thought it was really sweet. And then Toby posted on his grid, basically a photo of them walking away from, in, like, the player's tunnel, and they're holding hands, and her hand is way up because, obviously, she's tiny, and she's wearing a really cute outfit of, like, her colors of a cream and silver. And, and it's gold, glittery and gold, boots. And gold, glittery boots. And the caption is, Daddy's got you. And I think that was just really, really sweet. But more than that, I think people have been listening to these episodes, or so I claim, because she now has an Instagram fan page. If you search for Ayla Alderweireld on Instagram, there is a page dedicated to reposting content. Yeah, this this took me by surprise. I saw this and you like you shared it, and I was like, oh my god. We're, we must be onto something if she has a fan account. <laughs> this is an actual thing. Ayla Alderweireld fandom is a thing. It's a thing. Then I kept scrolling and then I, I start to feel like, like, do Toby and his wife know this exists? And if they do, there's a legit chance, an understandable chance that they find this a little bit creepy. Yes, but also they do post these photos online, so creepier things could happen. Yeah, then I, I thought that, and I realized we're we're not that different. <laughs> like, a third of our every podcast episode talking about Ayla. So, yeah, sorry, not sorry. She's cute. Congrats, though. Congrats, <laughs> Ayla. And I guess we just want to say thank you to everyone who's listened in on this not-so-happy, but ended up being slightly happy in the end um, episode of Stalking Spurs. Uh, please do follow us on our socials at Stalking Spurs, uh, and we'll see you guys next time, hopefully with a more jovial mood. Um, but thanks, Acid, for uh, for coming along with me. As thanks, we... Patty, for driving. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, keep keep our hands on this wheel and let's go. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Exactly. <laughs> Come, Come on, on, you Spurs. spurs.